big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and welcome back to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Lael Stone and I'm flying solo today. My lovely colleague Marion Rose isn't here because we have a guest on our podcast today. Uh, we, Mary and I really were, were hearing from a lot of um, parents and particularly mothers. There's no doubt that we have more mothers listen to our podcast that, um, you know, we wanted to hear from a little more, from more men who had been working with Aware Parenting or who were aware of aware parenting. And, you know, one of the biggest questions I think Marion and I get all the time is, you know, this really resonates for me, but how do I get my partner on board or how, what is there for men to support them in this journey? So, so we're going to do a few interviews over the next uh, month or two with some beautiful fathers who are working with aware parenting or working with conscious parenting or who are all turning up for their kids in very beautiful ways. Uh, so I'm very excited to welcome Matt Hamilton to our podcast. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much, Lael. Nice to be here. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to having a chat with Matt because um, he's just shared with me, you know, lots of beautiful parts about his journey as a father. And, uh, and I think he's got lots of gorgeous wisdom to share with other dads. So I do hope that this podcast is one that you can get your partners to listen to, or, you know, maybe you'll take something away from it as a as a mother, uh, to, of, of some stuff that might assist you in, in meeting your partner where they're at or supporting them on their journey as well. So let's begin, Matt. Um, if, if you would like, would you like to share a little, about, a little bit about who you are and, um, and how you came to Aware Parenting? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Lael. And just before we kick off, I have to say it's a bit of a surreal moment. My wife and I have been listening to your shows and following both your work and Marion's work for a couple of years now. So to be sitting here being interviewed by you is quite a surreal experience, especially about a topic that, you know, can move people out of their comfort zone a bit. So uh, feeling a combination of both excitement and nervousness. But, um, but yeah, we'll definitely try and uh, give it my best shot, as they say. Thank you. I just want to say, because, look, you know, I have more and more people will stop me or they come to our school to meet me and stuff like that and I often just go you know like I'm just I still have to do the washing and I'm just a normal person and we're just talking about you know big stuff because I I love that people you know go wow I'm, I'm you know you've been listening to us talk for years but I love to just go oh we're just normal people and so let's just have a gorgeous normal chat but thank you for saying that I really do um I really do appreciate that it's beautiful I sometimes forget you know where our words reach and so it's really beautiful to to have that reflected back all right over to you Matt tell us all about who you are no worries I'm 39 I'm married with one daughter whose name is Matilda so Matt Matilda it's an easy one to remember Mm -hmm. Uh, I live in Melbourne Uh, we have a dog named Ruby and a cat named Bruce and uh, my wife was actually introduced to where parenting uh, just before our daughter was born actually so um, I suppose what we were doing at the time after uh, Tilly was born wasn't really working for us uh, or Tilly so 
we decided to transition to aware parenting. Um, it was a pretty natural transition looking back. So, yeah, it didn't really happen overnight. It sort of happened over the stages um, over the course of her first year or so. Um, so, yeah, we were both sort of familiar with aware parenting, but, um, yeah, I guess I can't really put a finger on exactly uh, when we threw the switch, so to speak, or uh, when exactly, you know, that, that transition occurred. But um, there's certainly some signs, I think, early on, uh, looking back through some old text messages, uh, I saw my wife had actually sent me uh, yeah, your podcast <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. before Tilly was born. So, um, yeah, the signs were there, I think, early on, um, but it wasn't really until after Tilly was born that first year that we yeah, decided to, to transition. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a wonderful journey and yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you about it a bit more. Mm, that's beautiful and I think you know just even like coming to it as you shared with me maybe you know a year into her life I think for a lot of parents just when you have that first child becoming a parent is just full-on like that's massive in itself right just the part of that transitioned into parenthood where there's this little human you're taking care of and and just getting your, your head around feeding them and keeping them alive and sleep and all that kind of stuff is often it's enough it feels really big and then when you try to add something like we're parenting in it can often feel super overwhelming or people can be not ready to to hear it at that point would you say that was probably um you know familiar that was that was the same for you yeah I think so um and just sort of you know um thinking about perhaps some other mates at the time around about when their kids uh were, were sort of coming into the picture as well I think we all had this sort of shared of uh we'll just wing it and uh obviously you know we'll uh we'll just see what happens like you know um we'll just take it as it comes basically and uh yeah I just felt like um, you know, after Tilly came along, I'm like, you know, I'm still sort of feeling good about everything and, you know, um, this is, this is going fine. And then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks in, it's kind of like, well, actually, you know, this is probably a bit harder work than, um, what I first expected. And then a few weeks in, mind you, we were entering, I think it was lockdown one here in Melbourne around mm. about that time, uh, when Tilly was about six months old. But, um, yeah, I feel like maybe, uh, it wasn't really a sort of a, a really hard, uh, cutoff or, or transition, if you like, it was, um, over the course of, uh, you know, a few months and we just started to realize that, Hey, uh, you know, there's some, some emotions, uh, sort of starting to come up a little bit and there's some, you know, a few things, I guess, from the past that, uh, you know, that, that certain things that Matilda did or, um, that we did, um, would remind us of that. So I know that's obviously a, a focus of today because, yeah, for a long time, I felt like um, everyone would say, you know, when, when your kid comes along, you'd have to reparent yourself. And I just kind of, uh, yeah, just brushed that off a little bit and go, well, you know, that's, you know I don't think I need to reparent myself. I think I'm, I'm quite all right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, clearly it wasn't until um, a few months in um, after she was born that, you know, we started to really um, pay a bit more attention to that. Yeah. Mm, so what were... What were some of the things that started to come up for you? So when, you know, she was a few months old and and talking about that reparenting, like what were some of the places that turned up for you? Yeah, really good question. So um, I guess if I was to be uh, real honest, it was probably just before she was born. Um, I, did, I did start to feel a bit anxious. I think that's um, perfectly normal for, for any parent. Um, but started to sort of think of, you know, ridiculous things such as, um, you know, would I drop Matilda once mm-hmm. she was handed to me after she was born? Or um, then I'd start to think about, you know, years down the track would I um uh not be able to pick her up because I was running late from a meeting or or something just all of these sort of uh you know completely unrealistic things that uh would not occur but 
for some reason I was thinking about them, <laughs> uh, you know, years before um, before they you know had had a chance of occurring. So um, I guess to answer your question, um, yeah, there were some sort of big emotions, I guess, uh, after, but there were certainly some big emotions just before. Um, and uh, you know, it just felt uh, it felt quite overwhelming. And uh, I, I feel like. Um, the, yeah, the first six months put us to the test a little bit. And then it wasn't until, I guess, that sort of six to 12 month uh, time frame where we really started to apply some of the aware parenting uh, strategies. Um, but, you know, it was tough. It was tough for that first six months because it was just that realisation, okay, hey, maybe we don't have this quite figured out. Maybe um, the, you know, the style of parenting that we're, uh, we've uh, chosen um, isn't isn't going to work out uh, in the long term. Um, so we need to we need to think carefully about um, what you know what we're going to do going forward. Mm. But yeah, certainly the first six months, um, the emotions that were coming up. You know, there was a lot of lot of things that did remind me of my childhood, which was uh, uh, looking back it made makes complete sense now. But at the time, probably felt just a little bit confused um, with everything that was going on. Um, yeah, just uh, it was a bit of a surreal. Um, sort of the first six months, I guess. Uh, mm. Yeah. Would you say, and, and again, you don't have to go into any stories, but would you say they were kind of feelings of maybe powerlessness or just feelings like, oh, I don't know what to do, or, I, you know, she needs to stop crying or where, where did it turn up for you? Yeah. Um, so I guess there was, uh, again, sort of getting back to the whole um, very unrealistic that I would, you know, um, you know, do certain things, but I guess there was that, that feeling that, um, yeah, I might, uh, I might I turn into some monster, I guess, <laughs> like in, in the moment, uh, you, know, the, you know, if there was some anger or frustration or whatever the case may be, maybe that would come out in ways that, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, not, not proud about. Um, and so for, for that reason, I, you know, I often think sort of um, perhaps what, um, you know, my, my parents did in, in particular, uh, what my dad might say, which was, you know, around, um, you know, uh, deserving a clip across the ear was uh, was a fairly common phrase, and I'm sure uh, I'm not alone in in um, hearing that. So just sort of uh, yeah, being afraid, I guess, of, of saying those words in particular. Um, you know, not even not even performing an action, I guess, but just sort of saying some of these words. Uh, I was very conscious of, and um, you know, it's just such a such a strange thing to be. Um, to have conjure up in your mind uh, in that moment to sort of think about your childhood and perhaps uh, ways that you know, your parents would have handled this exact situation um, mm. when it when it came to Tilly crying in particular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that, Matt. Like, I really do appreciate it. And this is so much a big part of we're parenting it. It does help make us reflect on perhaps how our parents responded to us as kids and. You know, as Marion and I always say in a podcast, our parents were doing the best they could at the time with the information they had and particularly with their own wounds and hurts. And, and you know, it takes, I guess, just one person in that lineage to go, actually, I want to change it. I want to do it differently. And that's huge because it's confronting, right? And it's, and it's challenging because when we say, actually, I don't want to do it that way, I don't want to yell at my kid or I don't want to smack them or I don't want to try and control who they are. It, we have to kind of look at our own stories first to go, Oof, okay, well, what was done to me and what's my default here? And often our default is to power over and often our default is to control. And and that can feel really tricky to stop that, you know, and I really appreciate the vulnerability it brings up because on one hand you have to feel perhaps the hurt and the pain of what you didn't receive in order to change 
what you do moving forward. And that that's really big. Yeah, look, it really is. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm pretty even-tempered, uh, even in the most testing of moments. So, you know, I'm the opposite of some of those words you use, which is the dominating and controlling. I like to think that I'm, you know, um, on the opposite end of the spectrum. So to be thinking of these things and these words and these actions, um, you know, it's completely out of character, number one, um, and just plain unrealistic because, um, yeah, it just turned into some sort of monster, as I um, said before, um, you know, is, is not going to happen. So why would one sort of think about that, feel that, yeah. uh, fear that, um, yes. when, when the reality is it's, it, you know, <laughs> given, given my history <laughs> of being pretty even tempered, um, it's, it's unlikely that that would occur. So I guess it was uh, just that internal, um, uh, you know, um, energy going on and mm. just trying to, uh, I guess, just stay calm, stay focused in the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I you know, use a couple of examples when, until he was crying early on and just how uncomfortable that made me feel but of course looking back now um, after being on the journey that I've been on um, I can see the reason why um, I perhaps felt a bit out of place a bit of discomfort um, and uh, and yeah and just a real uh, tension between um, I guess you know just listening and and not um, not you know getting wound up about something as simple as, as Tilly crying and actually you know uh, acting you know on it and, and you know trying to fix the situation and trying to problem solve which um i know us dads uh <laughs> like to think we're pretty good at uh, and most of the time i'm pretty good at but you know a lot of the time the problem solving side isn't isn't uh, helpful at that exact moment in time um i think there's a certain place a uh, time and place for problem solving but probably not at that uh, moment in time when your kid's crying yeah yeah that's that's such a beautiful reflection it's so true because and i you know my husband and i have talked about this and i think we've even shared this in our podcast his natural default was to well how do i make this okay how do i fix this instead of actually just being present to say oh they've got something to tell me or i can sit with their feelings and it's such a, a paradigm shift it so is as a human because as we talk about all the time when that wasn't modeled to you or you've never experienced that yourself, it feels very foreign to do it, to actually just say, hey, these tears are just a beautiful expression and I can be really loving and present with you and, and help you find your way back into your center and, and then, you know, we can, we can move forward or then we can talk about what's going on or we can see what's there. But being able to hold that space and hold it calmly with your heart open is very, very challenging because even, and I love you brought this up, that even if the thoughts that were going on through in your head that you didn't act on, but those thoughts of feeling angry or what if I lose my temper with her or all those kind of things, they are so true for so many people. I can't tell you how many parents I've worked with who, particularly women who are like, I'm really calm. I'm like this beautiful pacifist. And then, you know, my child won't put their shoes on or somebody does something and I just lose it and I turn into this crazy person and I don't know where that comes from. And, and we've done a few podcasts on this. It often taps us back into those younger parts of us, as you said, that may have been told you're going to get a clip over the ear if you don't do what I want you to do or if you don't stop that. And so a lot of those deeper stories sit within us and there's nothing like um, becoming a parent to kind of open them all up and go here they are and what needs to be looked at here it's it's you know it's like the perfect perfect storm (laughs) for all our crap really isn't it (laughs) yeah it really is no definitely and uh, again I I wasn't expecting uh, all all of this stuff to sort of come up in the first year and I just uh, I suspect I'm not alone I, I feel like you know there's other dads out there and it's just not something that we talk about when I say we, you know, my mate 
mates and I or um, other dads that, you know, um, you might meet at a birthday party or whatever. Um, it's just, you know, the, the whole uh, parenting conversation is, is just not, not really on the radar. It's usually about, you know, um, footy or, uh, you know, something else. And again, I've got to respect that, you know, um, we're not there to sort of sit down and do a parenting workshop with uh, every dad that's at a birthday party. But on the same token, I suspect, you know, I'm not alone in mm. sort of, um, uh, you know, being on this journey and, and experiencing some of the stuff that I've experienced. And uh, yeah, I just hope that, you know, this um, this podcast and I guess this sort of uh, little platform that I have um, would just, I guess, encourage, uh, you know, more of a skies to say, hey, you know, something's, you know, not quite a hundred percent, you know, um, I think we can all keep it together. Uh, most of the time, I think a, mm. a lot of us as dads do a really good job. Um, and, but you know, it's okay. I know it's very cliche, but it's okay not to be okay. Mm. Um, and I think that's important too. So. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful point, Matt, because I think, um, we are a culture, particularly here in Australia. Well, and look, it's the same all over the world where we can acknowledge that we're not all right, but we just kind of suck it up and get on with it. And yet that just festers and festers and then at some point it's going to turn up and parenting is just ripe for it for sure. And that, you know, that that conversation of, yeah, I'm not okay or I need support or this is really confronting for me, you know, I'm aware is not one that men often have, you know, with each other or uh, at a birthday party or wherever, you know, because you're often taught not to be vulnerable or to share that. And that's a really powerful thing to share and stand for and say, actually, I'm not feeling okay and what do I need? Um, You know, you've mentioned, you know, in your sharing with me before the podcast about seeing a therapist and that transition into parenting and that kind of stuff. But, you know, would you say that that has been a really helpful thing for you to go and talk to somebody you know, outside of your relationship with Jade or other friends, you know, how, how has that impacted you? Yeah, no, um, a really good question, Lael. So, um, yes, so I did see, uh, I'll call him Alex. Uh, he knows that I'm uh, coming on today and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about what we talked about. But um, so he was, uh, look, he was just, he was great. So I basically saw him uh, a couple of times before Tilly was born when I mentioned I was feeling bit anxious and uh, had all these sort of crazy thoughts uh, going around my head, none of which, uh, of course, would ever transpire and none of which, of course, did transpire. But um, let's just say I went along and, uh, you know, I went to the GP, got the referral, uh, just went along and, and just kind of winged it. It was a Saturday morning. I remember I got a coffee on my way and just sort of w- walked in and said, uh, g'day, how's it going? And, and sat down and um, basically, uh, yeah, he just sat and listened to me for an hour um, and uh, to do on be honest i just lost track of time and i was yeah obviously just uh chatting away the whole time and um if anyone wants a, a master class in listening it's uh it, that's a great example of someone that's really you know uh leaning into to what you're saying and obviously asking questions here and there but um just really giving you the opportunity to say what speak what's on your mind um no matter how ridiculous uh it sounds um which of course at the time <laughs> now now realizes very ridiculous but to be honest i sort of came out of that session you know uh walked out the door just thinking geez um i feel a lot better i feel like you know uh, all that crazy stuff that i was talking about uh, i was off my chest didn't really worry about it anymore um and i found that really useful going into uh the birth um, and then since then, um, been back a, a few times just to check in uh, with, uh, with, with Alex, as we will call him. And, um, yeah, he's been great. Uh, again, I think it's really important um, if, uh, if you do obviously decide to 
to seek therapy, um, that you obviously find someone that's compatible with you, that um, obviously you can form that sort of professional relationship, I guess, with uh, to a certain degree. And uh, he's been absolutely terrific. He actually had uh, has two kids of his own, um, teenagers, I believe. And um, so to sort of speak with the professional and obviously a, a dad himself um, about some of these issues, some of these thoughts, some of these feelings, which is great. And I'll tell you also, Lael, the main uh, takeaway that day uh, in particular that I went to go see him the first time is at the end of that session when I was saying all these crazy things about, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to drop Tilly once she's handed to me and all this sort of stuff. At the end of the day, he um, end of the session, he said, uh, Matt, um, every single expected dad that comes in here um, has the same fears has the same feelings has the same anxieties um and you know you're not <laughs> by any means the the only one now i know that sort of uh you know that's the tip of the iceberg i guess a lot of us um expected dads um don't all choose to go to therapy uh, but i feel like um, the handful that do um you know uh, it sounds like we're all kind of saying similar things and, and feeling um in a similar way so i guess in a very roundabout way, um, yeah, I found that very, very helpful. Um, and uh, it's just great to know that I guess he's uh, he's there um, anytime I need to sort of check in um, or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I'm pleased to say that, uh, yeah, he's been very supportive all along and um, been quite impressed actually with the aware parenting journey that I've been on too. I, I'm not sure how many of his clients come to him talking to him about aware parenting strategies that they've uh, that they've sort of employed, but um, but certainly, yeah, he's uh, he's been um, a, you know a really uh, great person to have um, since Tilly was born. Oh, that's that's so beautiful. I, I hope he hears this and he's going, oh, that's so nice. And, you know, because of what you're talking about here, which is so vital that Marion and I talk about all the time, is we need listening as adults. You know, like when stuff comes up for us, we need to, to be able to speak it. We need someone to hear us with compassion and understanding. And as you said, he so beautifully just held space for you to talk. Because then it gives us the capacity to then go and listen to our kids or to be compassionate with our partners. You know, when we have got so much stuff going on, you know, we, it minimum, you know, reduces our capacity to listen and, and to turn up in a way that we want to. So I love that that is something that has worked for you. Do you find still now that, you know, when stuff comes up for you, whether it is going to see Alex or not, that being heard by someone or being able to just speak it makes a difference for you? Yeah, no, definitely, um, 100%. So um, I think, that, you know, that goes for, for anyone, um, male, female. Uh, it, you know, if, if you've got um, a listening partner or someone that's going to sit down, I mean, I've done it, you know, with mates. I think um, I know I'm, I'm sort of contradicting myself before. That's not really mates that you go and, and share feelings with and, uh, you know, talk about your, your parenting journeys. But um, there's certainly a couple of people that um, I have in mind when I say, you know, um, if you've got some mates that you can share a beer with and, you know, just uh, mention the two or three things that sort of on your mind, whether it be at home, whether it be at work, whether it be uh, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, the, the listening side, there's, <laughs> there's not too much involved uh, when, when someone listens. It's, it's basically you, you don't speak, <laughs> you simply listen. <laughs> it sounds so uh, simple, doesn't it? But it's it does. very it's hard. A, yeah, I know, exactly. Spot on. But, um, but having said that, you know, I, I do feel like um, when we're holding the space, when I say we, obviously my wife and I, when we're holding space for Tilly, um, whether it's I'm holding the space or whether um, 
my wife Jade is holding the space. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like she's going to learn that um, through this process, um, how therapeutic that is. Obviously, I've just talked about how therapeutic I found somebody listening to me is. So for uh, our daughter to sort of, um, you know, felt like she's been listened to, um, I think that's going to have some, uh, some ramifications down the track, right? Like she's going to expect it almost um, at, at sort of the minimum that <laughs> when she's got something on her mind or, or something, you know, has upset her or whatever the case may be, um, she'll feel, uh, you know, confident enough to come to her mum and dad and, and tell us what's on her mind. Now, I'm not saying by any means that uh, that's always going to be the case. I'm sure there's going to be some days, particularly when she's uh, older and a teenager, when she's uh, yeah, not going to be able to stand us, either one of us, and she'll need to obviously go to a friend or an auntie. But um, I think, you know, just these early years, I think we're, um, we're just trying to uh, show her, I guess, the value of, of listening uh, in general, um, whether that's us listening to her, whether that's her listening to whoever it might be in the future. So, um, yeah. Mm, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, just to come back to where parenting a little bit again, what for you have been some of the hardest parts of navigating where parenting? Has that been listening to the tears? Has it been play stuff? Has it been looking at your own reactions? Like what's been some of the hardest parts of, of navigating where parenting? Yeah. Um, a uh, really good question. Uh, so I guess, uh, yeah, it's certainly the tears. Obviously, uh, anytime you have to hold the space, um, particularly if you're starting out, I could say, with aware parenting and it's sort of a brand new thing to, you know, uh, hold the space and not sort of immediately go into problem-solving mode, as I mentioned before, or, or distraction mode is, a, is another classic, um, to really hold that space and, and, and sit down and, and listen. Um, yeah, I did find that tricky early on. However, um, once I started to see the benefits, so thinking back to, you know, when the tantrum started, which I think is about the one-year mark from memory, um, take or give, every kid's different, but for Tilly, it was about one year. And there was one particular uh, day when we got home, I think from a family outing and there was um, you know, obviously a party and lots of people and, and Tilly had been great for you know, three or four hours, just nonstop, just being, you know, the perfect uh, angel, as they would say, <laughs> and, and sort of getting home and, you know, her, you know, absolutely uh, losing it in, in, in the hallway and, um, you know, uh, crying and screaming and kicking and, and, and all that stuff. I mean, we, we made it as far as the front door and were able to close the front door before uh, yeah, all hell broke loose. But, uh, I imagine just sort of slinking back uh, on my back and just sitting, you know, with my back against the wall in the hallway. Um, you know, she's kicking me. I'm just sort of moving some stuff around just to sort of make her comfortable and make sure she doesn't hurt herself or, or myself. And then, um, you know, 10 minutes in, um, you know, you can tell that things are starting to subside a little bit 15 minutes in. And, um, yeah, all, you know, during that time, it's just the hardest thing, um, I think particularly when you're starting out just to hold the space and, you know, you go through a uh, hundred different emotions. You think, okay, well, what happened when I was a kid and, you know, how to, you know, if I had acted this way, what, uh, you know, what punishment would, would have, you know, resulted or what, um, what distraction uh, would I have been, you know, subject to or whatever the case may be. So that goes through your head and then um, you start thinking about oh, maybe the neighbors can hear and then, start you know just keep on going between all these different uh, feelings and emotions and then uh you know you start going back to aware parenting and you say look i'm here from you you know i hear you um i love you um you know you can you know always tell me uh what's on your mind 
I'll always be there for you. In fact, that's something I tried to tell Tilly. Uh, anytime she gets upset, you know, I just try to tell her that I love her and that um, I'll, you know, always be there for her no matter what. And for her to, uh, you know, her, her tears to slowly subside and the heart rate comes down and, you know, all this stuff that we know and that, that you and uh, Marion talk about uh, all the time and um, just the whole sort of settling down. And then, you know, she comes, you know, this particular day came in for a cuddle, uh, which completely you know, took me by surprise, to be perfectly honest. I'm like, right, okay, I've got to, you know, aware parenting, I've got to be in the zone here, I've got to hold the space. Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? You know, I've got all this stuff going around my head. And then all of a sudden she's sort of, you know, embraced me in the hallway. And we're talking about a one-year-old kid here. So, you know, um, this is, you know, pretty, pretty extraordinary. And then to sort of uh, be there in that moment um, and then suddenly realising, okay, well, the last 15 minutes kind of sucked quite a, quite a bit. Uh, I don't think anyone really wants to have to, you know, uh, listen to that and try and not get kicked <laughs> by their daughter. <laughs> um, but then to sort of get the result there, um, that that's just, you know, it was just extremely satisfying. And then ever sort of since then um, and every, you know, subsequent time, I mean, I can say this morning we had, you know, had, had some more feelings that, uh, that Tilly wanted to share with, with uh, my wife and I. Um, just seeing the results. I think it just each time it just gives you just a little bit of extra I don't know, just that little bit extra confidence. Um, confidence is probably the right word, I feel like, because going into word parenting, you know, sort of blank slate, uh, it, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But then over time, when you start to see the results and this repeated, you know, behaviour, uh, and then, yeah, it just becomes easier and easier. So um, I'm just trying to go back to the question that you asked oh, me. Oh, no, think- <laughs> no, no. You don't need to go back to the question. That was so beautiful. I actually have tears in my eyes listening to you, Matt, because I can just see it's so beautiful. You're sitting in the hallway while she's having that big release and, you know, you having the wisdom to know, hey, yeah, she's had a big few hours at a birthday party and here she is and I'm sitting here with her and, um, and just even I just so grateful that you just shared what was going through your head because that's one of the biggest things is like, is this wrong? What am I doing? Am I making her entitled? But actually, no, how would I want to be responded? Like all that you just shared was so beautiful because that is often what comes up is, is this right? Where is it? And then, as you say, seeing that evidence where she softens and she comes in for a cuddle and then you can see, oh, my God, she's just told me all about what's happened and I have been that safe place. Like that is so powerful. Like, And I feel emotional listening to you because I think what you give her, what you've given her is the greatest gift, right? You are saying to her, I love you no matter what. Like I love you when you're mad and you're upset and and I love you when you're fabulous and happy and all of you is welcome. And I, I really want to honour you doing that, Matt, because it's not easy, as you say, and it's also by all accounts of what you shared was not done to you as a kid and and probably the exact opposite. And, you know, you've had to work on that to be able to get to a place where you can meet her in those spaces. And so I, I feel really touched hearing your story and, and I think it's, um, I hope you can just take that in as just, you know, a testament to yourself to go, yeah, it's hard, but I want to turn up in a different way. It is so powerful, so powerful. Yeah, look, it really is. And just sort of looking back, um, you know, I can just sort of nod at that particular uh, experience and go, well, you know, I, I think we were starting to get on the right track there because um, I think before that, what we were doing, you know, was uh, 
exacerbating the, the situation wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, helping the situation. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just been a really interesting journey in, in that regard. Uh, you know, we get given this template, I guess, uh, you know, you've already touched on it from our parents. Uh, many of us um, sort of have this template and we just go, you know what? Yeah, obviously worked, uh, worked for them. And uh, as you mentioned, they did the best that they could. Um, and, you know, we're here today, uh, living, breathing, we turned out all right. Um, so it takes a bit of courage to go, well, hang on a second. Maybe, maybe this template we've been given. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's say that the majority of it is, is, you know, which is you know, something that we want to, uh, carry forward and, you know, and incorporate into the way we parent. And I don't know what that percentage is, whether it's 90% or 95%, um, you know, I think we can all choose, but then there's, there's part of it where you go, well, actually, no, there's a couple of things that, that we're going to do differently and that we are going to really um, put a lot of time and energy into to, to start to, um, to, to change things up a bit. So, um, yeah, the, the, those particular moments really stand out for me um, in terms of uh, my aware parenting journey. Um, and uh, I just remembered there was a, a second answer to your question. So I guess that was um, the first just around um, seeing the results and seeing the behaviour change and, and seeing the, the benefit of, of web parent. The second part, I guess, is sort of just um, practising it, I guess, in, in an environment. Um, and Marion always refers to the disconnect and, and dominate culture. Um, but, you know, practicing an environment with family and friends that perhaps don't see eye to eye uh, on, on that, which, again, um, you know, we have to respect. We have to say, okay, look, you know, everyone's on their own, <laughs> own individual journey. We can't, uh, we can't all sort of copy each other. Um, but, yeah, I guess doing it in a situation um, when there's you know, fam family and friends around, um, it makes it just that little bit trickier um to 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 practice aware parenting because uh, often um just to give you an example you know if we do have other friends and family in the room and uh you know if Tilly was to drop a cup of water on a foot or whatever um and you know get upset about it the immediate reaction is oh those are crocodile tears or uh the reaction you know is um someone might come up to me and say or oh, just ignore that type thing and you kind of think to yourself well, uh, well actually i'm not going to just ignore that uh, um you know it, it could be pretty big in her world uh what's just happened we don't know for sure there might be something else going on so um i guess the just the only other thing that i'd like to add to that is just around um yeah it, it is a bit tricky to do um around family and friends that perhaps don't um as i said see eye to eye on that or have a different philosophy or a different way of going about things. So um, I know that you and Marion have spoken a little bit about it before as well. Um, you know, uh, but fortunately uh, my wife and I are on the same page when it comes to this, which I think you know, makes a big difference. Uh, that's such a sweet point you've brought up there because that is something that is, is really challenging is that element of being feeling like you're being judged from others or, or how do we do this in a world that actually still looks at this as behavior as a really full on behaviorism paradigm, which is like good and bad. And if they're being bad, you ignore them or, or disconnect from them. And if they're good, you reward it. And, and that it's huge. It's a huge shift. And I often say to parents that, 
when you can model compassion in a moment where a child's having a hard time and you get down low or you do something like that, then then even though others might judge, they you are giving the opportunity to witness a different way of how it can be. But it takes strength to do it because you know we we can often feel so judged with it. So I love that you brought that up. It's so it's so big. Um, I have another question, you know, that I'd be curious to hear your take on. So in my work uh, and Marion's work, you know, but I have found classically women, particularly mothers or, or more women in the sense, have big, big stories around, um, you know, looking after themselves. So self-care and setting boundaries or limits. You know, I see that when I do my immersions or a lot of the work I do, they're the same themes that come up, you know, whether it's they don't believe they deserve self-care or nobody can look after their child, it doesn't feel okay, or whatever the stories they've got around that, right? And also around setting limits, you know, it's something that's often not modelled to us in a healthy way. For men, I often see that some of the biggest feelings that often stir for them around being with big emotions and feelings, so exactly like the example you've given them, or they're putting it on or, you know, don't reward those tears, that kind of stuff. Um, And one of the themes that I often see come up with a lot of the men that I work with is I want my child to, you know, be disciplined, like have discipline, you know, I don't want them to be this rat bag that gets away with stuff and who's rude. And so they need to know, you know, what the limits are and they need to be good, right? That's often a big fear that I see that comes up for partners or for men. Again, it's not for everyone, but I see it as a more conscious theme. And that can often, as we've talked about today, stem from, you know, being raised in a way that says you must be good and we give you love and if we don't. Um, so what do you see either from around your male friends or that biggest shift around, you know, what that might have looked like or what you've struggled with? Uh, yeah, again, um, really good question. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there, but um, I, I think your point around, um, you know, uh, dads in general, I, I feel like um, we're responsible for, for discipline. Of course, that's ridiculous because I feel like both parents should be responsible for discipline. But for some reason, maybe guys, um, I don't know, um, maybe we've inherited this uh, responsibility. I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, um, when you get tasked with a responsibility as a guy, it's sort of like um, it's your you know, bravado on the line, right? So, um, you know, to give you an example, um, I feel like a lot of my uh, male uh, friends uh, who are also dads, um, you know, they're, 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 they're on display. They're, they're there to, um, you know, they, they know that other dads are around. They know that their job is to enforce discipline. And if they're not enforcing it in a certain way, they feel like they might be judged by other dads um, in the space as well. So without, you know, without sort of um, beating around the bush too much, I just, I feel like there's um, there's a bit of bravado on the line. Sometimes I feel like if, you know, dads aren't uh, disciplining their kids in a certain way, using um, a certain language, uh, then then they feel that they might be judged, um, you know, as, as not being the enforcer of, of this discipline. So, um, yeah, I do find that quite tricky because, um <laughs> As, uh, as you probably have gathered, Lael, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of the uh, the discipline enforcer, although we have some strategies around that, obviously, through aware parenting, but um, certainly not some, someone to, you know, be shouting in public, um, you know, uh, giving um, my daughter orders or you know, um, telling her to refrain from doing a particular thing and raising my voice and and this type of stuff, which I feel like is, uh, well, every time I go out <laughs> for dinner uh, with my wife and daughter, you know, there are examples of around. And I guess it's just that hypersensitivity of, of what's happening around you 
which I guess is a pro and a con with aware parenting, but just being really um, uh, aware of, of what's happening around you and perhaps the way other, again, dads are um, choosing to enforce this sort of responsibility of discipline, if you like. Um, again, that's their thing. Um, you have to respect that to a certain degree and there's nothing that you can really do about it. You can't just sort of interject yourself and say, Okay, well, let's just uh, all just take a you know a deep breath and sit down, and, and <laughs> it's not really the t- the time or the place. So, um, yeah, I guess to answer your question, it is um, it, it has been tricky, and um, I feel like uh, we've been doing a good job just through using those words, you know, not willing to let you do this, not willing to let you do that. Um, as soon as I feel Tilly hears the word no or not, um, doesn't matter if it's shouted, uh, it's not shouted. It's usually just, you know, it's just very firm and very quiet. We're not, you know, um, I often say, you know, your mum and I are not willing to let you do that or your mum and I are on the same page with this. Um, and she knows, like, you don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to. I mean, it's almost as if we don't even need to say anything, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, yeah, that the element of, of discipline and um, I guess how guys feel like they, they're the enforcers. <laughs> um, generally speaking, of course, I don't want to generalise too much, but I just feel like... Um, us guys may be tasked or feel like we've been tasked with this responsibility, um, which, I mean, it's, you know, again, completely ridiculous because I think it's down to both parents and there's a certain way mm. to, to, to enforce discipline if you, if you want to use those terms. But um, loving limits, I think, is a much better it's and such a good term <laughs> yes it's such a good term isn't it because yeah like it's I may you know I've used the word discipline but I've never disciplined my child because I don't feel like I need to because as we talk about when they're off track or they're doing something then we're always curious as to going what's going on here what's happening for them and why are they doing it yet it's interesting the culture that we live in there is still that strong thing of you know I need to discipline my child and they need to be good and and of course, as we can see, you know, it's it's the hangover of that's the way we were raised. It's the messaging that we've got that, you know, children must be good to be loved. And if they're bad, we need to come down harder on them. And I think that's just what I see as a theme that comes up a lot, particularly for for males is, as you're saying, is, is that our responsibility to do it? And you know, it also, as you say, it, it brings up that, am I being judged here if I'm not? You know, it's there's such a thing in parenting, isn't there, that if our kids are acting out or having a hard time, we can take that on board of that's a reflection of me whether I'm doing a good job or not. And I don't want to feel into whether I am doing a good job or not. So I'm going to try and shut that down. Or I'm going to stop it. And it's, it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. And, and, and I, you know, I love, again, as you can see it when you go out in the world, which is hard. I think once you know where parenting, you can't unknow it. And so it's really hard. You just see it everywhere. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, like that's, I can see what's happening here. Uh, but the more that we model it and the more that we do it and the more we speak about it, the more I think it opens up for people to go, oh, there is another way. And, of course, you know, it's not for everybody and and I really do appreciate and have com- complete compassion for where everybody is at because it's confronting it, it as you've shared so beautifully today it makes you look at your own story and that can feel really painful. And so there's a good reason why we don't want to go there, but in order to be the parent, we want to be like in order to, to do exactly what you're doing, to be present for Tilly, to listen to her feelings, to say, Hey, I'm here, no matter what, we have to look at those parts of us perhaps that never received that or that have pain around that. So we can turn up to be authentic in those spaces. So it's, um, yeah, I, I really 
thank you, Matt, for your sharing and for just, you know, modeling, you know, what, what this is and the journey you've had with it. I really am so grateful for you being here. So to finish off, I would love to, is there anything else that you would love to offer fathers or partners, you know, any big main takeaways that, that you would love to offer them? Um, yeah, well, I suppose um, sort of what we're talking about, a little bit about our fair. So um, I mentioned that I caught up with uh, this bloke, Alex, and, um, you know, formed a, a bit of a, a relationship in, in terms of, a, you know, professional uh, therapy sort of relationship. Um, he said something to me a few weeks ago. I've sort of been back, you know, on and off and, um, you know, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good at the moment. But uh, I was telling him about um, you know, some of the aware parenting that I was doing and he just said something uh, yeah, that always sort of makes me, um, I don't know, it just, uh, it's, it's always hard for me to say the words, but I'll, I'll say that anyway. So basically, um, uh, again, uh, another sort of tantrum. Um, and it was, you know, again, a few hours until he was out and she'd again kept, kept herself together was, you know, an angel to, to everyone else in the outside world until um, he's the most perfect, you know, you know, girl uh to to ever uh, into the world and um which is you know which is great but the truth is um yeah we all have feelings so anyway uh long story short we got home and again she um you know had a complete meltdown and um you know we sat with her and held the space and uh so i was just telling alex this and i'll never forget what he said to me um he let me finish and he said that he he's got a good sense of humor alex uh he said that he felt very sorry for Tilly's future partner. Uh, and I said, why is that? <laughs> he said, at the absolute minimum, she will expect someone who listens to her. Mm, yes. Yes. I, I love that because I, I have seen that in action now as my children are adults and who they attract in their partners or their friendships. There is a standard that says, I, I am not going to be, you know, criticised or put down or shut down or anything because that is not my baseline. My baseline is connection. So it is beautiful and it, and it raises the bar, doesn't it? It's an amazing thing. It really does. And um, yeah, I often think back to, to sort of what he said. I mean, this is someone that's got, you know, more qualifications than you can shake a stick at. And he's obviously thinking 20 years into the future. So he's thinking, you know, a few years uh, ahead of what I'm thinking. But um, I think as a dad, uh, you know, it's a bit of a win if you can sort of set the, the benchmark, uh, regardless of whether you've got a boy or a girl. Um, but I think we particularly for dads and, and obviously daughters, um, so much of what daughters uh, model, uh, you know, males on is obviously their, their fathers. So to sort of, um, you know, put future boyfriends, put future partners, put future, uh, you know, male um, bosses, whatever the case may be, under the pump a little bit, just just from uh, <laughs> just from some of the, um, the things that I'm, I'm doing now, I think that's a bit of a win. So, um, yeah, just sort of get that feedback, um, in a professional sense um, was just really satisfying. Um, and um, also on that note, I also want to make note of Tilly's aunties because I know that they will be listening too. And I think aunties are really important for, um, for girls as well, particularly uh, when they're older. So I, I just want to um, give a shout out to, to Tilly's aunties because um, I know they'll listen to this podcast and they're going to be super important a little later on as well. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that she's going to come to me with, uh, you know, everything on her mind. And in fact, there's some days where she probably won't talk to me at all. So um, it'll be good to have the aunties uh, stepping in. 
she's so lucky to have that in her world that's beautiful and I agree with you you know our children need to have other adults whether they're aunties or uncles or friends that they've built that safe relationship with because there are times particularly in the teenage years I've seen this where I've looked at them and I'm like you don't want to speak to me do you who do you need to call and we've always talked about who's your safe people so that there's a handful of people of adults that they can ring and go can I talk to you because sometimes they want to talk to that person about you <laughs> about all the things that you're doing that's doing their head in so I love that you brought that up too that's beautiful a shout out to Tilly's aunties that's gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> that's gorgeous uh is there anything else you want to offer Matt as we finish up anything you'd love to say to dads you know just from your heart or partners um, yeah, I guess just sort of going back, recapping what we talked about at the start, you know, um, again, I know it's cliche, it's okay to not feel okay. I think as guys, um, you know, we, we can power, power through work. We can, you know, um, many of us, uh, you know, are breadwinners, we can pay the bills, food on the table, do practical stuff, uh, you know, uh, get the shopping done, all that, that type of stuff. Um, and we can have a couple of good weeks or a few good weeks, whatever the case may be, but, uh, you know, something's got to give eventually. And if um, something doesn't go quite the way that, that we expect it to, uh, on any given day, it's okay to feel pretty crap about it. Like um, you don't have to just, yeah, keep powering on endlessly. Um, just take a moment, have a breath. I'm not saying go away on a yoga retreat or anything. I'm just saying like, you know, <laughs> something's something's up. Just, uh, just take a sec, take a deep breath. If you feel better, great. Um, if not, maybe there's something else there that, you know, you just need to, sort of think about a bit more um, and then, you know, there's plenty of people like Alex that I've mentioned uh, that, that, you know, are ready to listen and ready to help. Um, and of course, um, if you don't want to go down that professional route, just reach out to a mate or, um, you know, a supportive partner or whatever the case may be to um, just get it off your chest. Cause I think as guys, we have a habit of, um, well, you know, no surprise, just sweeping under the carpet, getting on with it, you know, cup of concrete, all that sort of, uh, stuff. I think that's you know a bit outdated to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think you know if something's up, you know we we have to talk about it. We have to um, make sure we we feel right because if we don't feel right, then that's half of the you know the, the typical uh, mum dad uh, combination that's not going to be operating at, at at full speed. So um, yeah, I guess that's just the final message I wanted to leave. Mm, that is beautiful. Thank you so much for your sharing, Matt. I'm, I have just sat here with a smile on my face the whole time listening to you because I just feel like what you're saying is, is really important and it's, you know, really important for partners or fathers to hear, to know they're not alone in this journey, to know that what they're feeling is not unusual and to know that there is another way that we can raise our kids with beautiful connection and listening and that um, it can be challenging, but gosh, it's worth it. And I love that, you know, your, your years into your parenting journey, you're already seeing that and you can already feel that. And um, I think it's just, yeah, it's really beautiful. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your sharing and your vulnerability and your beautiful stories. Thanks, Lyle. Appreciate mm. it. And thank you to everybody uh, who listens. We are going to have some more fathers share their stories over the next month or so. And um, as always, we love um, receiving your requests of what you'd like us to talk about or, or um, you know, any feedback you have for us. We love if you rate us as well. We love, uh, we love getting our ratings and um, the more that people can hear about it, the more we can spread this beautiful message. So thank you for everyone for being here and you're listening. And thanks again, Matt, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Al. 
Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.